0: It feels like it has been a long time, my friend.
1: Yeah, we haven't been posting and been on top of our shit lately, have we?
0: No, no, we have not. I've been on vacation. We've been busy. Life's been kicking ass. So it's been a while and we apologize. But welcome to Guys Being Dudes, episode number nine. Your host, Mitch McCartney, here with Danny Lusai. And today we're going to talk about NBA trade deadline scenarios. So... Danny, how you feel about the trade deadline? You like the trade deadline? Yeah, it's getting
1: closer, and I'm kind of scared to see what you know teams are doing because I mean it's gonna shake the league for most. You're of the scared? Players. I'm scared, bro. Like you're a little scared? I'm a little scared. I'm a little intimidated, honestly. Oh my god! Because like, what happens if like I don't know like a star player from like a key team that I want to win like I don't know the Brooklyn Nets or I don't know just like teams that I want to root for in general what if they trade their star player and what if, you know, the team that I want to win just completely shits the bed, you know, it's just kind of like, it's kind of cool to see though, by the trade deadline, like a lot of, a lot of moves are made like the last like three days. So, I mean, there's a ton of rumors going around right now about, you know, certain players moving and it's just kind of got me wondering, you know,
0: well, I've always been a, a proponent of saying that the NBA is the most exciting league, and uh, like trade wise and free agency wise, I feel like the league. And maybe it's because of like the nature of the game of basketball. Like the league can just is shaken up so much, so often. It feels like you would just have these blockbuster trades and huge free agent signings. Like it just doesn't happen in other sports like football. Like like the way. All-star players in the NBA move around. That just doesn't happen in football with like quarterbacks. Like you don't see, you know, quarterbacks just switching teams. How Kevin Durant just, you know, went from the Thunder to the Warriors to the Nets. That just doesn't happen in other leagues. But to get into this year's trade deadline situations, trade deadlines coming up this Thursday, the 25th. And one of the teams that are really in the talks of a ton of trades is the Heat. And the heat are talking about grabbing Kyle Lowry from the Raptors. Now that's a guy that's been rumored to be traded for a couple of years now, but it's never, never really happened. And he's kind of, I mean, he had a weird career. Like he didn't really explode until like later in his career, which is pretty rare. And he found a really good home for himself in Toronto and they were able to get themselves a ring. So I I feel like it's going to be pretty difficult to get Lowry, out of toronto what do you think danny
1: i mean they've paid him well over the years he's also been a star for the team for many many years ever since he stepped into the league he's actually made a difference and he's always had that like starting like role on the on the raptors and he's always been the guy that has been handling the ball for years so like to have him move from the city that he was drafted and was with you know majority of his career to a team that, you know, it, it, they went to the finals last year, you know, they did pretty good. But the thing is, is that Kyle Lowry doesn't care about any of that because he wants the Toronto Raptors to win. He doesn't want the Miami Heat to win. Like that's just kind of a situation where it's just rough because Lowry makes 30 million in Toronto. I mean, if I was a basketball player that was drafted by a team that's decently has a good – media market and also is like a team that has, you know, um, potential in the playoffs every single season. What's the point of trying to move from one team to another? So I'm just kind of like looking at it in Lowry's shoes and I don't think he would want to move, but like if he did move to the Miami, Heat, that would be an extremely, extremely like earth shattering like blockbuster trade because Lowry would be able to connect with Jimmy Butler in a heartbeat and to see the players that they would have to trade to in, in order to acquire Lowry and keep um, Jimmy Butler and Anna Bayou is honestly really worth the trade. But I mean, that's just something that's in the air right now.
0: Well, I think it would really do a lot of good things for Miami because one of the players that was so key to their finals run last year in the bubble was Goran Dragic And he just quite simply, you know, hasn't been the same player this year. I mean, I do understand he's aging on the... I mean, he probably doesn't have very many years left in this league, and he had some injuries that he dealt with, and when you're at that age playing this sport, doesn't you just don't heal the same as you used to. So I think you kind of plug and play two similar players right there, swap Goran Dragic for Kyle Lowry. Not saying that they're going to trade Dragic; They might just, you know, like bench him because I don't think that any team in the league is really interested in what he offers at his age right now. But I mean, you look at those two players, I think they're similar, but I think Lowry does basically everything a little bit better than Dragic does. That's what makes him a better player. I mean, he's a better defender. He's a better shooter. He's a better ball hander. He's a better passer. I think he's a, I think he's a fantastic leader. And I think not that Miami even needs a leader because they got, they got Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and heat culture. I mean, that does the leading on its own, but I think that getting Lowry to Miami would really help the heat. Not that they really need it though. I mean, they, they had a rough start to the season, but I mean, actually, yeah, they do need it to be honest. I mean, they they need all the help they can get. I I understand they made the finals last year, but if they need, they want to get through the nets, they're going to need some help. So I, I think they should look into getting Lowry.
1: Looking at it right now. Um, Dragic makes $18 million and Kelly Olynyk makes $12.6 million. So like their contracts combined is $30 million, which is what Lowry makes. So for them to acquire Lowry, they would only have to give up those two players, which I mean, I would give up Dragic and Kelly Olenek and a heartbeat for Lowry just to, you know, have a way bigger odds of making the finals. Um, the problem is, is that I don't think that the Toronto Raptors is gonna gonna take that trade like and I don't think Lowry's gonna walk for that much I mean um, the Toronto Raptors are an organization that are try that are also in the playoff push and what good does it make for them to trade Lowry for you know Dragic and Oly so I mean at this point you would have to include, you know, one of the two players of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in that trade. And I think they would want Tyler Hero um, because Tyler Hero just accumulates so many points and that would replace the amount of points that they're losing if they give up Lowry. So I, I don't know if I would do that trade if I was Toronto, but for them in order to them, for them to, you know, succeed in the future and not have to worry about Lowry's contract coming up um, or in the future, they would have to acquire probably Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson who are both prospects, not prospects, but I'd say like players that um, established that they could make it in this league for a very long time. So I would honestly take Tyler Hero over Duncan Robinson because Tyler Hero is a stronger player with his mindset when it comes to basketball. Uh, He's not only getting points, he's also making moves on the court, doing a lot of off ball, um, a lot of off ball movement. He's able to read a lot of situations. He's able to play off the pick and roll really well. So that would be really good for them because they have Chris Boucher and they also have uh, big guys in Toronto and they're they're able to develop such big players that it would just work well with Tyler Hero.
0: Yeah, I, I think and I kind of disagree with you on it. So you like do you not think that Toronto would want Duncan Robson? Like you don't think they would be interested at all?
1: Um he's a shooting guard. So they who's their shooting guard right now, isn't it?
0: For what, Toronto? For, yeah, yeah, Powell. For Van Vliet. Well it, it'd be well Van, Van Vliet the Sle- yeah, they're they have so many of those like have- combo guards.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to say what what their established shooting guard is because they have such a rotation, like such a large rotation of guards going in and out of the bunch. So, to have Duncan Robinson in the mix is just um I think he would do good, but you would have to have a point guard at that point. Like I think Tyler Hero could run a better point guard than Duncan Robinson because of his size and his defensive ability is not that great. So, see where Duncan I- Robinson is just a shooter. Tyler hero has more to offer on the plate.
0: See, I don't know though. I think that um I think Toronto's player development, I think they could really make something out of Robinson more than just a shooter. I mean, I know he does have physical limitations. The guy's kind of built like a string bean, but <laughs> I think where the this whole scenario gets real interesting is when we bring up Norman Powell. That's a guy who has, you know, I mean, he's had most of his career. He was a bench player, but he's always been productive. He's always been a scorer. He's very athletic. And this year he's really kind of blossomed. I mean, kind of a late bloomer, but he's he's blossomed and he's basically filling Lowry's role unintentionally. And so I think if he's able to really like keep up that, you know, 19 and a half points per game that he's, putting up this season. I don't really think Toronto would be that hesitant on trading Lowry on paper. Of course we do have to factor in the fact that like you said, he wasn't drafted there, but he's been there for very long time. He's won a title there. He's adored by the fan base. I mean, that's, there's definitely going to be some words in the city if the raps are going to make that kind of move. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the Miami Heat's roster right now. I mean, you're looking at just like they don't have a point guard, to be honest with you. I mean, they have Kendrick Nunn, but he's been really inconsistent lately. Gordon Dragic's getting older. So, I mean, the only person that they're able to, I mean, get rid of would probably have to be, yeah, so Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. But Tyler Hero plays the point guard. He's an established point guard. So for you to trade Tyler Hero for Kyla Lowry would be a smarter move because Tyler Hero's contract is $2 million opposed to $30 million. Um, so the Toronto Raptors should, should make that trade if Tyler Hero's in the mix because he is an established point guard opposed to uh, Duncan Robinson who's an established shooting guard. And both of them make under $3 million a year. Don't get me wrong. And it would suck for the Miami Heat to trade away those kind of players that have so much potential because, I mean, you saw it in the playoffs. They were able to hold their own. And Kyle Lowry also can hold his own too. But it's just really hard for Toronto to make that trade unless Tyler Hero's in the mix. So let's,
0: let's segue to a different situation. Okay. The Celtics have had a pretty, pretty shitty year. I think we both agree, right? Yeah. I mean, they just they got so many stars there, but they just really have not been able to put it together this year. And it's kind of strange because, like, statistically, a lot of them are still having very good seasons. It's just not, like, coming together on the court. And they're talking about Nicole Vucevic. Now, this is a guy that has always been a very relevant player, and he was always kind of on that, like cusp of all-stardom he wasn't an all-star but you know he was basically there he was a consistent all-star snub and this year he has just been going off I mean the guy's averaging 25 a game 12 boards four assists he's playing great but of course the Magic are not able to put together a winning season to save their life so he's rumored in a lot of trades with Boston now I think that Boston needs a player like this. I think they are really really missing that force in the center and I think they you know they they're trying to get it with Rob Williams and I think you have it there a little bit with the athleticism and the rebounding capability but I just think they're they're so their front court is so outmatched on a nightly basis from a skill perspective that it's it's just killing them and I think they I think they should pull the trigger on this trade.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a strong center that could bring a lot to the table. Um, you would have to, you'd have to think what, how would the Boston Celtics handle that great situation by, you know, chopping players off of the roster. Um, I mean, the question is, who would they trade, though? Who would the Boston Celtics trade for a player like that that's making that much money? I mean, is making a decent amount of money because, I mean, it seems like the Boston Celtics are capped from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Marcus Smart, and then Cabal Walker. Like, you have you have these four players that are established players. I mean, to have a player like that walk into the Boston Celtics organization, don't get me wrong, they're obviously making the playoffs right now. This would boost their stats and definitely boost their chances to making the finals. So to have a player like that where they're very uh, a small ball team right now, um, just to have a center presence like that would definitely flip the script for them.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And the thing with Orlando is like they just – I mean, they're paying him, but they just cannot put together a winning team to save their life, dude. Like, they're never, ever, ever good. Like, when's the last time they were actually good? When they had Dwight? That was so long ago. Like, weren't we in in middle school when Dwight Howard... No, we were in elementary school when Dwight Howard was on the Magic. Like, just let that sink in for a second.
1: And, like, the Orlando Magic has never really made the playoffs ever, and they've always been at the bottom of the barrel for, you know, the East for such a long time. So to have Vucevic as one of their players and they can't even build around that, it's kind of sad. I mean, it just seems like they just cycle through centers at this point and they can't get off a good winning season. And it's just kind of like, it's funny to watch, honestly, because I don't give a shit about the Orlando Magic for one. And two, um, a player like that, his talent is being wasted at this point. You might as well just try to, you know,
0: rebuild once again. Yeah, and I I, I, like what are they? What are the Celtics doing with Kemba? Like that Kemba? I mean, I know I'm not going to call it an experiment, but I mean, they went and got a an old point guard, not old, aging point guard that relies on athleticism to get his points, and they're facing the consequences of doing that. And sometimes these athletic point guards, you know. They aren't so athletic when they, you know, hit thirty what is Kemba? Thirty one now? Yeah. He's been in the league for quite a while. You know, he's got injuries and it's it the, the Kemba is Kemba thing is really costing them. And he's getting paid really thirty
1: four million dollars. Bro Kyle Lowry makes $30 million, and he's done more for Toronto (laughs) this past year than Kemba has ever done with the Boston Celtics at all. I mean, he was literally cardiac arrest in the playoffs because he literally choked every single game. There's no point of having him on the team anymore. I would would get rid of him. Like, this is a perfect opportunity to, too, because you have Vucevic working with the players that are actually
0: winning you games, and you're getting rid of your dead weight. I mean, I, I just don't think like. I mean, <laughs> we've already made it clear we're not too high on Orlando as a franchise, but I just don't. I don't think that that anybody would be interested in Kemba right now.
1: I mean, that would be a perfect opportunity to trade him because that's a team that's literally garbage, and like they would take a player like Kemba Walker because
0: just for his name himself. So Do you? Do you really think that they would take him for for Vooch?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I would honestly build around they would probably just try to build around a point guard at this point because all their centers that they draft and succeed they just still the team still takes a shit so i mean i would try to get i mean i would try to get rid of the center and try to get the point guard and build around the point guard that's already established his name in the league
0: Uh, all i all i know is i want to see vooch out of out of or out of minnesota out of orlando his talents to be. heading team yeah yeah i know he deserves to be showcased and he's One just of the not
1: centers. If not, no, he's number three, I would say. So he's top three center right now, in my
0: opinion. Right, right. So let's talk about another player on the Magic that's also in a ton of trade talks, and I think he's much more tradable than Vucevic. Or I don't think he's more tradable. I, I just think the Magic are more willing to trade him. Aaron Gordon. So i let me just get your let me get your thoughts on Aaron Gordon, because there's a lot of there's a lot of differentiating thoughts on this guy just throughout the NBA community.
1: Yeah. Um, I have Aaron Gordon, both of my fantasy leagues. Just that tells me everything I need to know. Yeah. So just starting off right there, I think that he can create space when he drives to the paint. Um, I think that he takes the open lanes and utilizes his body very well on offense uh, on defense, he's definitely a presence. Um, he's one of those players where he's just active on the floor and you can really see his athleticism blossom when he makes very big plays. So to see Aaron Gordon, um, again, another player that his talents are wasted in the organization of Orlando, I would love to see him move. And It's looking like the Rockets, the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Timberwolves, and the Trailblazers all have interest in Gordon, and that's really cool to see that the Warriors are in the mix of that and the Celtics, too, because those are two teams that I would love to see him go to because I think he would blossom in that atmosphere.
0: Yes, I completely agree, especially on the Portland side of things, and I don't think we can quite stress enough how high we are on Damian Lillard on this podcast. The fact that he's been able to drag that team through the regular season just about every single year to relevancy, and especially this year he's struggling because, well, he's not struggling, the team is, because... CJ McCollum was out for so long until he just came back. But the fact that he was able to drag that team through the mud to still be relevant, he is so, that team is so worthy of a third piece and I'm not that high on Aaron Gordon, but I think if you put him around Dame Lillard around CJ McCollum guys that move the ball, I mean, Portland's a team that gets out and runs. Okay. And putting, putting Aaron Gordon on that roster, I mean, the amount of oops that would happen. Yeah, I he'd be a highlight. Mean, he already is a highlight reel, but he'd be even more of a highlight reel because he'd actually have people who know how to pass the ball to him pass it to him.
1: Yeah, and be able to create space and be able to draw attention on offense. And he's, like I said before, a defensive presence. So looking at it right now, um, Aaron Gordon is one of the top. Power forwards, I'd say top 10 power forwards in the league uh, to see him go to the Trailblazers. And I'm assuming that the Trailblazers would probably try to sell Nierkic at this point and send it to, um, send him to the Magic. And then right now, I'm kind of like wondering if the Trailblazers, if the Trailblazers, you know, traded for Aaron Gordon, Nierkic to the Warrior or to the Magic, he would replace um, Vucevic at center, and then Vucevic would go to the Celtics for Kemba Walker. So, like, you already got a center and a and a point guard now. Instead of having a power forward, like a strong, um, like strong front court, instead of having that, you would have more of a balanced,
0: you know, backcourt and front court now. Danny's out here in the trade machine right now. <laughs>
1: I'm just kind of like thinking, like, trade this, machine. like, that would if I was the Orlando Magic's. Um, CEO or, you know, GM. GM. Yeah, GM. Um, I I would look to try to balance that more out, you know, the front court and the back court. You have Kevin Walker, who has an established name in the league, and Nierkic, that basically um, you could just offer him a lower amount of money because of the way that he's, you know, he's coming off an injury, but he still plays good, you know, so you could be able to fight for like a cheaper contract than what he's getting right now with the Trailblazers.
0: Do you think Gordon's pretty tra- tradable though? I mean, I do because of his. I mean, he's on a. No, nah, I wouldn't say he's too overpaid mm-hmm. for the. Uh, you know, for the money that's going around the league right now. I mean, he's a restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty two. So that's after next next season. So yeah. I mean, if the Blazers were to you know make a move for him and they things were to you know end up not working out after next year, they can just let him walk. Yeah, the Warriors pop out
1: to me in this like the Warriors seem like yeah do you think
0: they would swing able to trade why him? do they need do you think they would trade Wiseman um, they would trade Wiseman or they would trade Ubre. I would trade Wiseman if honestly you want to keep
1: Wiggins and you want to keep Steph Curry obviously no, they're not going to trade Steph Curry but I mean I would try to trade Kelly Ubre or Wiseman
0: I would t- I would try and, yeah absolutely because what is I mean there's no disrespect to James Wiseman but he is just not with that team's timeline really at all I mean when when Clay comes back I don't know, I, just, I feel I really feel like some people have forgotten about the Warriors dude when Clay comes back like they're going to be good I mean Steph's having an you know MVP level season not not as good as he was when he won his back-to-back MVPs but he is playing at an MVP caliber right now and when Clay comes back, you know, able to knock down forty-five percent of his uh catch and shoot three pointers, that team's gonna be very, very viable. And I think if you were if you were place I mean I think, think it comes down to like, do you think would you take Aaron Gordon over Draymond Green?
1: Yeah, see the situation that we're thinking about right now where the Warriors would trade Wiseman, they would have to if they traded Wiseman um, Draymond Green would have had to play the center, and Aaron Gordon would have had to play the power forward, and it just doesn't seem like it makes sense because um, they already tried, they they've done the small ball, but like I don't think that Draymond could play, you know, the five as efficiently in the playoffs. So if they traded Draymond Green, Draymond Green, I mean, like it's just kind of stupid for them to trade Draymond because he's a defensive presence and he makes like decent amount of money and he's just really for what he's done with the Warriors. I mean, I don't see them trading Draymond Green. I mean, I just think that he has too high of a basketball IQ or defensive basketball IQ in general um, to lead the guys in the league. So I, that's why I kind of brought up Ubre, but like I also think that they should probably try to trade Wiggins too um, because Wiggins is hot right now and it's easy for you to trade somebody that's hot and it would just like be able to like fit the roster better if you're able to trade Ubre or trade wiggins because the power forward position is already draymond's and then you have a center um, position of wiseman so you would have to move aaron gordon at the at the power forward or at the small forward or you would have to move draymond to the small forward and then just keep aaron gordon at power forward but at that point you would have a more balanced um shooting and driving to the paint ratio so you'd have aaron gordon driving to the paint and then you would have draymond also like flo- throw throwing up like the assist and being able to uh do screens uh you would have Steph curry and clay just popping off and then you would have Wiseman as a presence in the in the paint so trading wiggins and trading Ubre would be like their best bet but that's not really realistic because they would probably have to trade rather uh, Draymond or they would have to trade Wiseman with Draymond too because of the cap.
0: See, I, I think you'd for sure get – well, I, I think it would happen if Wiseman would be the return. I'm not sure how interested – well, I mean, teams Draymond Green would find a team, but I – it, it, like if they were to do some sort of trade that didn't involve James Wiseman and did involve Draymond Green somehow that would be just the biggest finessing <laughs> ever because i just don't i mean i like draymond green but i just do not see him like being successful like I, I feel like he was just so meant to go to Golden State. like that role that he filled was so specifically crafted for him that I just don't think like I think there's a good shot that if he wasn't drafted to Golden State, he might have not made it in the league. I mean that that fit for him, where he was kind of just that you know defensive player that could you know, every now and then hit a three that you know pat i mean he had intensity but let's be real like i just i just don't think he would have succeeded in this league had he not landed in golden state and been in the situation that he was in so i think you don't
1: think he would have thrived on the cavaliers then if they didn't have kevin love
0: fuck no and i say that confidently because wait hold on you say if he what about kevin love okay so if kevin love wasn't on the team didn't join the team at all and instead of
1: the year that Kevin Love joined the team, um, they had Draymond instead um, as the power forward, like as an established power forward. Do you think that they would succeed? You know, would he succeed with LeBron and Kyrie?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. If you, So, yeah, you're taking that like, yeah, it, yes, yes. I think Draymond is good on a contending level team with, like on a team that already moves the ball, that already knows how to play defense. But I'm saying if you put Draymond Green on the Orlando Magic, and you know we're, we're you know we're trading Aaron Gordon, so we're replacing Draymond or Aaron Gordon with Draymond, and the rest of that roster, I don't think we're really going to hear about Draymond Green because unless he, unless he says something it. stupid on Twitter,
1: right? And the way I'm thinking about it right now is that he outbeats um, Kevin Love in the finals all the years that they played against each other. Um, I think that if he was on the Cavaliers, it would actually make him a way more better player because his are it would make the Cavaliers even better than they were and they would probably be able to beat the Warriors if like I don't know Kevin Love was on the the Warriors and you know uh, Draymond was on the Cavaliers. It, the Cavaliers would probably would have won more championships because he would have upped their defensive ability in that position because Kevin Love really offered nothing at the end of the day to the Cavaliers. It was all LeBron and Kyrie. No one really talks about Love. I mean, he was a very valued role player in my opinion. He started, don't get me wrong. He wasn't a role player. Technically, he was one of the starting, you know, players on the team, but I didn't see him as a starting player. I saw him as a high, you know, high ranked role player at the end of the day that just was another piece of the LeBron and Kyrie legacy that they led
0: yeah I just I I think if you you know you ask Draymond to like handle the ball more and like create the offense more like they would in Orlando probably I just I don't think it would go well at all I think if he's going to be successful in this league he needs to be that you know defensive Power forward that gets you a three every now and then, rebounds well, doesn't take no shit, and which is exactly what he does in Golden State, and it works out perfectly. But I, I think you take him out of that role and I just don't think he can adapt like that, especially at the age he is now. I mean, he's been in the league for quite a while now. He's pretty used to that role in Golden State.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you put him on another team, I think he would uh excel to the point where okay, so if he went on like the magic the he would be able to put up at least like 15 points a game with like two blocks if they put him at the power forward position instead of the center position because you saw his defensive abilities drop when they put him at the center position when they were running the small ball um so if he had a center presence in um orlando instead that would probably be Way better for him than the current situation that he's in right now, because all the talent that's on that team is suppressing his ability this year to perform and fill up the stat sheet.
0: So let's 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 segue and uh, we'll end the episode on this one. The Los Angeles Clippers. So this is also a team I have a very strong opinion about. <laughs> uh never really able to get it done right I mean they get to the playoffs they flirt they get to the second round but they never make it to the west finals they never make it to the finals and I feel like they're kind of you know it's like the you know this the same team this year but with a new coach kind of like they just make the same mistakes like they're they still blow leads they do all these things that winning teams consistently do not do. And they've been talking a lot for some trades. Now they're rumored to be talking about Lonzo and Kyle Lowry, who we talked about earlier. Do you think that like new Orleans would be willing to deal Lonzo? So, I mean, I guess it kind of has been a little bit since he's been here, but it kind of feels like he just got there to me. Like, do you, I, do you think new Orleans would be willing to deal Lonzo to the Clippers?
1: Well, I saw a source the other day said that Lavar Ball said like that Lonzo is not happy with the Pelicans and that he hates playing for New Orleans. So, I mean, they probably know this information already because Lonzo probably has already spoken or Lonzo's camp has already spoken to the organization. So I think that they would probably let him fly because it's not Brandon Ingram and it's not Zion Williamson. So it's not really that valuable of a player. I mean, he is a very good player. Don't get me wrong. It's a player that I'd rather have on my team than off my team if I was in the Pelicans position right now. Um, but the thing is, is that I just don't see any players that they would replace him with. I mean, what team, What players would they try to trade for is the real
0: question. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, I do think what you said about LeVar, I also heard about that. I think that makes him more tradeable. Well. Yeah, I do think that makes him more tradable because now you're hearing from a direct family member, the guy's father, that he's extremely unhappy. And, you know, I mean, Lavar is a loud guy. He's done this a lot in Lonzo's career. But I, I think that, you know, I think that inclines teams like the Clippers to lowball the Pelicans and maybe, they, maybe they're going to be able to get away with it, you know? Because if he truly is unhappy and they're like, well, you know, what are we going to do when his contract comes up? You know, if he just walks, I mean, Lonzo's playing very well this season. I think that's what makes it difficult. If he was normal Lonzo, like last year Lonzo, where he wasn't hitting a ton of threes, playing fantastic defense and moving the ball real well, I think it's a different story. I think he's much more tradable, but I think because he's playing so well this year, New Orleans is going to be a little bit hesitant to give him up regardless of how he feels about being there
1: yeah lonzo ball we've always known that his defense um was really good on the perimeter i mean when it comes towards the paint i mean i wouldn't really worry about that too much because he's a point guard but his defensive ability on the perimeter and to move with the um all handler was really well he's able to move his feet very well he's also able to on the offensive side now Create assists, run the pick and roll really well, and he's able to score his threes. So to have a player like that go to the Clippers, I mean, the Clippers would definitely thrive. I mean, because they need a point guard. I mean, who do you have? Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson, like uh, Patrick Beverly. Like these are players that I mean, we talked about Patrick Bo- Beverly before. He doesn't make his shots. The only thing that's good about him is his perimeter defense. Now you're upgrading him with a player that already has that perimeter defensive ability with shooting and assists now, and you have a player that's going to be able to open up more um, scoring opportunities for why Leonard and Paul George. I mean, Paul George is popping off this season. Who knows? Maybe his ceiling even goes even higher because Lonzo Ball's on the team.
0: I feel like in a way, Lonzo Ball is like a combination of those three point guards that are currently on the Clippers, Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly. Like he doesn't do so like, th- like they're kind of like specialist players. I mean, to be quite honest, like fuck Reggie Jackson. I hate that guy. I have seen them piss away. Like Anthony, Ga- Anthony said, piss away so many games on the Pistons. I can't stand watching Reggie Jackson play basketball. He makes, you know, one easy shot. And then he, he's throat chucking up a heat check. So just kind of forget Reggie Jackson, but Lou Williams and and Patrick Beverly are two real specialist point guards. I mean, Lou Williams for so many years was the sixth man of the year. He's on the court for one reason and one reason only, and that's to put the ball in the basket. And you could pretty much say the same for Patrick Beverly, except on the opposite end of the court, he's on the court for one reason, and that's to play some freaking defense. And Lonzo Ball, up until this year, you know, he wasn't a great scorer, but now he's, he's tweaked his shot and he's found a lot of success from the three point line. He's kind of creeping into that, you know, he can, he's a real producer on the offensive side of the ball. And he, we all know he plays great defense with that, you know, wingspan. So I think if, if they can find a way to deal Lonzo to the Clippers, I think that would be a Big, big win for the Clippers. And I also think Lonzo would benefit off of playing with some veteran players like Kawhi and PG. Oh,
1: 100%. And the thing about Lonzo is he's so young, too. I mean, you have Reggie Jackson that's reaching the age of basically being in a wheelchair. Also, he's coming off of multiple injuries, and he also sucks donkey dick. Okay. So that's my opinion on Reggie Jackson. I agree with you and Anthony the most on this because I just think that he's a very selfish player. So for you to replace Reggie Jackson would be wonderful with Lonzo Ball. Also, Lou Williams is old as hell. Um, Lou Williams also is not as elusive that he used to be anymore. He also has does, doesn't have th- athleticism. And the only thing he can really do is pop off here and again for maybe over 15, 20 points. So then you He's also done. have to really too. that. Yeah, he's done too, and Patrick Beverly is also old as shit. He's really he's really good on defense. Don't get me wrong. I love Patrick Beverly's ability on defense. It's just everything else in his basketball mechanics is just absolute horseshit, and I just do not like him as a player in, overall in general. So to have Lonzo Ball now stepping in with three old-ass point guards or guards in general um, at that same position – just to have him come in as a young gun and be able to have like uh, a playmaking ability and be able to play just as good of the defense as Patrick Beverly, who I was just basically hyping up his defense, but to have something more young would be a way smarter move for the Clippers. So, I mean, do you think they would just get rid of two of those guards for Lonzo ball? Maybe probably Lou Williams and I don't know, Patrick Beverly.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's make one thing clear. Like, we're definitely not saying that that Lonzo is as good as Patrick Beverly is on the defensive side of the ball. We're just saying that he brings a good amount of that to the floor, and he also brings a good amount of the Lou Williams scoring to the floor. So, you know, he'd be able, he would fit great on the Clippers. But what you're saying about like who they would trade, I mean, I don't know why. I just, I, I just can see. I can see Reggie Jackson getting on. Well, actually, never mind, I can't because Stan Van Gundy's the coach and he was trying to trade Reggie when he was coaching him in Detroit. So I doubt they're going to send Reggie Jackson there. But I do think you could pop, may, maybe send Pat Bev. Yeah, it's possible.
1: Possibly Serge Ibaka too.
0: Sir, yeah, that too. I mean, I because just think, I think the whole LeVar aspect of it where, you know, he just kind of called out the franchise and – told the media for Lonzo that he's upset in New Orleans. I mean, once you do that, I think you can really, really get a player for a very low asking price. I mean, when they're going out directly to the media and just saying they're unhappy, the situation can get real, real messy. So I think the asking price gets lower because, I mean, that's a hell of a PR situation, you know?
1: I would do like a – I could see – this is the most realistic trade I could see between those two teams, it would probably be Lou Williams and, um, Serge Ibaka for Steven Adams and Lonzo ball.
0: I'd see it. I could see that. Yeah.
1: That's the most realistic one I can see because you're replacing each of those players positions with a player that's better. And also you're able to have Steven Adams coming off the bench behind Zubak and Zubak is already the established center there. So, I just see that the New Orleans Pelicans needs more defense, so to have a player like Serge Ibaka step in there would be way better.
0: I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that New Orleans or Los Angeles would be happy about giving up Serge. He's been doing a lot for them this year, and I don't think the fit is great for Stephen Adams in in Los Angeles, but I do think that. I mean, just the revamp of that front court. If you were to get rid of Lou Will and just have Lonzo starting with Pat Bev off the bench, yeah, I just I I think that would be worth it right there. Because I mean, that front that back court is just just,
1: Stephen Adams coming off the bench as a six man, though. Just like how Matras Harrell did it,
0: because Matras Harrell's
1: position on the LA Clippers was the six man and he was able to get six man of the year because he was just in that rotation and to have Steven Adams in that rotation behind Zubac, So he's able to rest would just benefit them. I mean, I don't, I don't see it's. I see your point, but I don't think it's that bizarre for the straight to go down.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I, I don't, I think it could happen. Like I said, I think the LeVar thing makes it a lot easier for some, for a team that's trying to go get Lonzo to lowball them and get away with it. Yeah. I agree. So, that's that's really where we are. That was your trade deadline episode. We thank you guys for listening. We'll be back at you on Wednesday with an NFL episode and we'll see you guys then.